here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Thank you, my dear friend, Susan Moranti, from the land down under. Always doing that nice voiceover for me. Thank you, Susan. I hope you're well down under. And we've got another Spotlight series for you today. Yes, got four artists lined up to um, entertain you from the past. And I'm really, really delighted to uh, bring these people to your attention. Really awesome. Before we get into it, though, if you like what you're hearing on the Dharmic Evolution, please subscribe to the channel. You can do that by going to the website, dharmicevolution.com. And sign up for your favorite, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Pandora or Overcast or Stitcher Radio. Um, they're right on the homepage. You can sign up right there. And this way the show comes right to your phone every single Friday at 4.44 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Even though I'm in Nashville now, I should change that. But it's just old habits die hard. You know what I'm saying? couple of little announcements i want you guys to check out the spotify dharmic rising stars playlist it is it's just awesome i mean you're going to hear some music there that will knock your socks off from artists who have exclusively been on the dharmic evolution this is the indie home artist place to be we get the rising stars before they become big stars right here on the dharmic evolution so check that out um, you can go to either James Kevin O'Connor on Spotify or Dharmic Evolution on Spotify, and you can see the playlist right there. And it's always going to be um, the Dharmic Rising Stars um, playlist. It's always going to be in the show notes from now on because we change it every week. We keep adding more artists with great songs um, for you to check out. So you can just hit up the link while you're driving in your car, while you're doing a run, while you're doing your grocery shopping, that's when I listen to all my stuff, um, especially grocery shopping. I mean, come on, it's kind of a mindless thing, and it distracts you just enough so that you don't over-order. You know, if you go in there hungry, you're in trouble, right? Like, what did I buy all this stuff for? You get home and say, what have I done? I bought enough for like three months. Also, if you haven't checked out the Dharmic Evolution Community Facebook page, Go over there and you can see all these great artists from around the world on that site. And you can also um, post your content. If you're a singer-songwriter or if you're an author, speaker, thought leader, post your content on there. Maybe you're doing a book signing or a TED Talk or maybe you've got a new album release or a photo shoot or a new single coming out or a video. You can post it on there so the whole world can support you and your artistry. Well, let's get into it today, shall we? Today, we've got Modell. This guy's he's like a country guy. He's got like just such an edgy um, framework to his music, which I really love. Uh, we've got Jordan White, an old favorite of mine from Philadelphia, a real rocker. We've got Kylie Odetta and McKaylin Hay, two of the hardest working and most talented young women in music today. You're going to love what you hear from these two young ladies. So you better strap up your seatbelts, because we're taking a ride today on the Dharmic Evolution from the Music City, Nashville, Tennessee.
So let me tell you a little bit about Modell. He's uh, got a work ethic that is uh, just incredible. In addition to being very talented, the guy plays his butt off. Um, I'll just read a little slice of his bio here that's on his website. Uh, Modell is a prolific Americana songwriter. His guitar, creative lyrics, and unique voice are the foundation. His foot-stomping, down-home melodies and rolling rhythms tell tales from light to dark and from silliness to the endearing. Back when he first started making music for a living, he received a sage piece of advice. Play the same in front of five people as you would in front of 5,000. Over the years, the multi-talented rocker-turned-country-americana powerhouse has performed for crowds of every size, opening for the likes of Antigone Rising, Better Than Ezra, Cheap Trick, Brett Michaels, and members of Blind Melon, engaging a breakneck schedule of 250 to 270 shows a year. He holds court everywhere from farmers markets to bars and corporate events. So we're going to pick it up right where uh, Modell starts talking about his uh, indoctrination into music with his family. And then we're going to play Hoppin' Trains, which is uh, one of my favorites that he does. So check this out. My mom was more like, you know, you're the Eagles, Fleetwood Mac. So, yeah. and even as a little kid, I remember being six years old and I got the Redheaded Stranger album by Willie Nelson as a six year old, which that's, that's kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, I always had the headphones on listening to music just constantly. Wow. So, so when did it, when did the, um, the guitar come into your life and was that the first instrument? Uh, pretty much so. Um, I was probably nine um, and I had never met my, my father. And um, I met him, just talked to my mom. I want to take lessons. I want to learn guitar. So she tried to get me lessons at um, the local high school, like in the evening. And I was too embarrassed because everybody was adults and I was just a kid. So I was very nervous. So she spoke with the, uh, the teacher, Albert Stewart, and got me uh, personal lessons at his house. And what was really cool and I won't get into this story, but I wound up way back through all the roots in history being related to my guitar teacher, really, <laughs> which I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, because he, he had said he was going to a family uh, reunion. And he goes, yeah, Aunt Minnie. And I said, well, I have an Aunt Minnie. But see, she was my great, great Aunt Minnie. But it was the same woman. Yeah. Wow. So, so it was pretty is, cool. Is he still with us today? I don't think so. Yeah, because he would he would be delighted to see the path that you have chosen and like <laughs> where you are on your journey, man. That must be you know, for a teacher, that's got to be a rush to see that, you know. So right. um, before we l let anybody get too much more in suspense, let's give everybody a taste here of what Modell is all about. And this is called Hopping Trains. Here we go.
great track a great track indeed yes i love that song man he got the chugga 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 going on there love model stuff you guys should check him out um i think he's number 226 but if you go to the website you can just type in to the podcast player model you'll just get to mo and it'll his show will come right up for you so you can check out the whole show we can talk to you about um how he <laughs> The day he decided to uh, quit contracting, or I think he was in construction, and the guy came and bought all his tools, and he, as the guy was driving away the pickup truck, he threw his tool belt into the back of the truck. <laughs> A very significant, significant and momentous gesture to say, I'm done with that life. Bring on the guitar. All right, next, Jordan White. Now, this young man, I really like this guy. He's... um. He's a Philadelphia native, and his music is just really, really good. He writes great songs. He's got a really good voice and love his approach to music. Jordan's writing style reminds me um, quite a bit of the Goo Goo Dolls, writing really great uh, pop rock songs that really cut to the heart and have great melodies and uh, you know great chord structures. And just really every time he comes up with something, uh, I'm ready to uh, sit there and be a fan. He writes really good things. We're going to pick up the conversation where Jordan is describing some uh, transitional period in his life that led to the recording of this record. And this became the uh, title track for his new EP 
called High Road. Love this song. I think you're going to be a fan. So yep, um, yep. can you give us uh, a couple of, you know, liner notes on this as to, you know, what was the reason for writing High Road and what was the, what were you thinking about during this period of time when you started working on this project? Um, it was, um, it's like a period of musical change, I would say. Like it's a transitional period. It was, it was a tr- transitional period in my life. So um, the fact that uh, I just happened to be in the studio at the time, and so I got a lot of that type of um, feeling in the music and in the sound, and especially in the lyrics itself. Um, it was my life completely changed from like 2015 to 2018, and well, in, in the middle we were in the studio, um, and that's it was, I just got lucky, sort of. So <laughs> when you say your life completely changed, like in, in what way? It sounds like not just musically, but, but other things happen? Like Yeah, um, like relationships that were long time running, uh, you know, puttered out. Um, I had to move a couple times, uh, stuff like that. Like the normal, like tr- troubled personality type things that go on with people like me. Right. Um, and it just happened that I was in the studio at the time and uh, we got some stuff down. So, so you took these experiences and it immediately turned into uh, kind of a roadmap of your life. Yeah, kind yeah. of for, for for the time. Yeah, it's like a little guide map. Yeah. Yeah, and I also <laughs> I also noticed that um, your sound changed a little bit into it, it's a little bit more acoustic laden now than the first go around, which we had. Which folks, you can check out. That's DE forty nine, the first show that Jordan was on, which has some slamming music, Amy, and a bunch of other really good cuts. But you seem like you transi- transitioned into something like totally different on this one. Um, just you know, taking uh, I hear the the acoustic a little bit more prevalent in this than. Uh, right. Yeah. So what, when we went to the studio, it was it was recorded in uh, Massapequa, New York. Um, uh, the the guy Jim Anazito, uh, who was the producer, had these amazing acoustic guitars, and I said it would be criminal not to put these guitars on this record because I don't have guitars this good. I have you know two thousand dollar guitars. These guitars were six times that, you know, in value, and yeah. and they sounded so amazing. So we we had to. I thought I said to the guys, I said we have to put this in. You know, have to use these. And we did for most of the most of the tracks, yeah. So let's give it a spin. Here's High Road.
Yes, you certainly have a place left to go, Jordan. Back here at the Dharmic Evolution. Love that song. Love your style. Uh, Really awesome. Really enjoyed that. Hope you guys did. I know you did. I know you did. Now, it's time for Kylie Odetta. This is a young lady, uh, wise, way wise beyond her years. And we get into a really cool discussion um, throughout the entire interview, however, this little clip, this little section I'm going to put in front of you, um, we're talking about uh, songwriting, my favorite subject, of course, vocals, um, voice changing, surgery, and finally, uh, Kylie counsels me on what to do and where to go live and told me all about So Far Sounds. Let's pick it up right from where we're having a cool discussion about all of those topics. And uh, then we're going to play one of her smash hits, Under the Sun. Here's Kylie. I was in a studio recording my EP, High Dreamer, which came out a long time ago. And there was a specific song on it called Can't Erase It. Um, And I was in the studio not planning to record that song at all. I was just playing it as a warm up for my voice to record a different song and everybody kind of stopped and was like what is that and i was like oh it's just this like weird thing i wrote it's not not a big deal i'm just practicing i'm warming up and they're like no you need to do that one and i was like really because i had kind of been experimenting with this kind of soulful smoky sounding voice like pretending i was a 1920s jazz singer you yeah. know <laughs> like i was totally going there to this thing that wasn't me and it ended up bringing out a side of me that i didn't even know i had and so we recorded that song and that was the first time you'll really hear any sort of rasp or soulfulness in my voice and after i recorded that i was like wow i really love singing in this style and so i started experimenting more i started listening to more jazz and soul music and i just got super inspired and started playing with my own voice and found all these qualities that i was like i didn't even know that was there and this is really you know that's the whole part of the journey of finding who you are as a person and an artist you know you have to try these different things to figure it out yeah. So I realized, oh my gosh, I love singing like this. This is the most at ease that I felt singing. It feels natural for my voice and it sounds really awesome. And so I just started experimenting more and more. And then I actually went through some kind of vocal strain and like acid reflux issues where I lost a little bit of my voice for a period of time. And so um, I had to get sinus surgery because I had all these issues and different things. And so when I came out of that, it's like I had to relearn how to use my voice again. And wow. that's when I even had an, a higher range and had more range to sing high notes and these soft, silky notes mixed with the raspy tones. And so just like you said, time and playing shows and experimenting and writing more songs in that style helped me really develop and like strengthen my style of singing. That must have been very frightening for you because you have to have <laughs> yeah. like the, sur- you know, going under, you know, surgery and it's like, oh, yeah. as a singer, you don't know what's going to happen. It's like, you know, Absolutely. This, and it's like, you know, it, I don't think it ever occurs to any of us that my voice can get better or I'll feel something. It's always like dramatic to say, well, yes. I'm going to not, not be able to sing again or something. But yeah. thank God that that worked out the way um, you wanted. But um, yeah, it's it's a really, really great spot for you to, to be thank in. You. And it, you know, it just occurred to me as you're saying that if it's effortless for you to sing, that's your 
that's your place. That's you know? your sweet spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it's like, I, this is not work. I don't have to kill myself over this. This yep. is really great. And you shouldn't have to. If you're straining your voice, that's probably not the range or style you should be singing in. You know, we can yeah. always push ourselves and expand our voice and train ourselves to do new things. But when you're singing on stage specifically or in the studio, it should feel good. Yeah. Hey, what is your... um? your favorite thing to do outside of music when you need to just chill and relax and and just do some things for yourself what do you like to do i love to read so i love reading books um kind of like fantasy action romance fun books like that okay Uh, i love to be outside like i love the water i love the beach so just sitting anywhere outside on a warm day that has a cool breeze that is perfect for me taking my acoustic guitar out there and just honestly strumming around playing old songs in the sunshine that's like my one of my favorite things to do awesome what about favorite venues like out of all the places and i know it's kind of like they're all different experiences yeah but is there is there a specific venue that you like more than than another like is there a favorite that you know was whether it's a festival a church or whatever whatever it could be yeah so, uh, have you heard of the organization So Far Sounds? No. So, I think you would really love them and you should definitely look them up. Um, it's basically a house concert organization that started uh. in London. <laughs> and they have concerts all over the world, not just in homes, but they're in warehouses, coffee shops, rooftop decks, like people's backyards and they're in all these crazy awesome intimate spaces and there's usually about 75 to 150 people at each one and three artists play and I've done a ton of those in the U.S. and two in England and those are always my favorite environments to play other than the shows that I curate and set up myself in my hometown um, because they create such a space where it's a listening room and you get to share your stories and your songs and the people that come are genuinely looking for new music and excited to hear from upcoming artists. Yeah. So those environments are just always so warm. It feels like a family, and I love intimate shows like that. Um, but then I also love creating kind of my own concerts. So I like to find, similar to them, random spaces. Like my last, I had a benefit concert um, in August, and we used this event venue, but it was just this open kind of empty space, and I ended up bringing, I have some friends who do lighting and sound and all that, and we created this really cool stage with you know dim lighting behind and I had my whole band there and um, I just kind of got to create my own environment and there's probably 150 people at this concert this benefit concert and that was one of my favorite shows I've ever played and I have some pictures from it I can send you yes. but um, it was just the I like to create like a cozy welcoming experience where people get to be a part of the music and the night rather than just me up on a stage, the audience in the crowd. And it's this disconnect. I like it to feel kind of like we're all just hanging out, playing music, sharing stories. Yeah. I'm so glad you shared that with me because, um, you know, that's right up my alley. I mean, I'm, I've, I've been kind of like beating the weeds down to find places for not just myself, but I mean, um, I feel like the value, the, the currency of music has been like beaten up and undervalued um, a lot in the past yeah. like 10, 20 years. And I think we need, <clears throat> you know, I, I, it upsets me when I see these talented artists, <clears throat> excuse me, playing in places where 
They're surrounded by TVs, noisy bars. Everybody's yep. texting and on doing shots and on their phone and watching the mm-hmm. game. And it's like, you know, I feel like it's just like it's it's just not being underappreciated. So I think yeah. rather than change that, like what you suggested is the way to do that. You go and you find places that really people want to hear the music. They want to yep. listen. And a lot of the things I'll do on on the dynamics on an acoustic guitar are the silences and the Mm -hmm. silences are the most beautiful parts of music sometimes and it's like you know and then in come the harmonics and you can't do those things in a noisy bar it's just like yeah you know it's it's like you have to just amp everything up to get attention right yeah you gotta be just banging on the guitar and crank your marshall stack up to compete (laughs) with everything so i'm not saying there's there's no place for that some people love that and that's great but but for um for a little bit more deeper level of sophistication if you will for mm-hmm. lack of a better word that's what's needed is places yeah. like this so i'm going to check that out so yeah, far definitely. sounds that's awesome um i think we got to play your video now what do you say this is what Let's it's all it. about folks under the sun my favorite place to be is right here not thinking about what brings me down yeah my favorite way to be without fear is in the now I'm learning how Fast life, no thanks, no I'm Doing just fine One foot in another Floating, enjoying my freedom Singing off gear I like it better when I'm under the sun Ooh, 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 ooh I'm under the sun So will tell me what I need to know Where to go, go with the flow Open sky, never on my own Wild like the flowers grow Fast life, no thanks, no I'm Doing just fine, one foot in another Floating, enjoying my freedom Singing off gear I like it better when I'm under the sun Ooh, 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 ooh I'm under the sun Bring it in home, baby. 
Yeah, with that brand new voice. Love it. Just gotta love it. So next is McKaylin Hay. Now, McKaylin's been on the show at least twice, I think, and I think uh, Kylie's been on twice, too. And um, McKaylin, again, back to the hardworking girls, I just love to see talent combined with work ethic is is just, um, it's just kind of something to admire. So McKaylin starts talking about this song, Prove It, where she wrote it on a piano as sort of a ballad, and... Somehow it got into the hands of the Brazilians and they turned it into this like pop, you know, dance smash by by just reworking it with some loops and, you know, remixing it. And it became a really, really great song for her. And uh, it's, it's really, really cool. And then we get into talking about her hometown of Guelph, which um, she stated and she stated, you know, for the record, you probably never heard of this place, but lo and behold, I should have shared with her that actually my best friend went to college in Guelph. So I knew of the city right away. Um, it's near Toronto. And we talked about some pre-production. We talked about the studio, friends and support. And we also talked about the Red Brick Cafe, um, the B-Side Lounge, which are really great places for McKaylin to play, and Kate's Cafe for the best BLT in all of Canada. Uh, it's in Goderidge. So that is a reason to go. There's many reasons to go to Guelph, Canada, uh, among them being able to see McKaylin play live and then get your best BLT ever at Kate's Cafe. When the Brazil people reached out, I just sent them to it just to see what they thought because it had produced vocals and stems for that and then they actually really liked it and they took this like sad piano song and made it into like a dance rave song so it went through a whole 360. Wow that's cool so when you're recording do you where do you record like um do you have a place near you did you go or, or? um yeah so I live in Guelph mm -hmm. which is kind of near Toronto not many people know where it is um I mean, it's a nice place to visit if you're near. I wouldn't say fly from, like, somewhere to go to Guelph specifically. Right, right. But um, Toronto has a lot of really great studios, and so I tend to go there a lot to record. Great. What's your What's your process with your production? Do you bring in um, demos ahead of time? Um, mm -hmm. Do you guys use charts? Do you guys use the Nashville charting system? How do you... You know, how do you guys communicate your ideas to one another? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I have a method, really. Yeah. Um, mine's kind of more whatever the song takes. So, like, for example, I know how to write Nashville-style charts, and I know how to read them because my piano teacher um, enforced in me from a very, very long time ago, like, when he said, it's important, you need to learn this, which yeah. I couldn't agree more, and I'm so glad he taught me because it's come in handy. Yeah. a lot of times <clears throat> but the way that i usually do it is just um it's me and the producer or me and the producer and another writer or sometimes the writer and the producer are the same person and we brainstorm ideas we come up with like a rough not a rough demo but almost like a rough track like similar to the full version and then usually the producer will like work on the track and i'll come back and re-record the vocals once we have like uh 
solid base in the selling foundation. Yeah. It's a good way to work. Yeah. Because sometimes, um, you know, I, I work in Nashville a lot and I'll write something mm -hmm. on acoustic and I'll have like ideas for the entire band. But yeah. instead yeah. of what I used to do is frame everything out, I'd play the bass part, I'd play, mm -hmm. you know, and then I, I stopped doing that. I said, I, I really want to get into the imagination of these players because yeah. they're so good, you know? So I was just giving them, no, just guitar and voice and that's it. And I'd put in all the accents and things like that. But what would come out would be like, well, now I got to go back and learn this song because it's it's framed in such a different way mm -hmm. that I'm not going to sing it the same way I did because everything's is new, you know. And it's it's such a great place to be because, you know, it's again it's the process of discovery. Discovery, mm -hmm. like what is this song really about and what is it saying to me, you know? So yeah. I, I kind of like that. I kind of like when there's a challenge and everything is not pre-scripted and you're not really a thousand exactly. percent sure. Exactly, it's loose and it's like free. Yeah, because so you get mm -hmm. better work that way, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, so when you and Chris are working, what do you generally do um, like when you're, when you're writing together? Um, is he a guitar player or and does, does he sit in with you and you guys just kind of throw things back and forth at, at each other? Um, well, the good thing about writing with Chris specifically is he's also like my best friend. Right, so, okay. You know, I go into the rights not like, for example, we hung out last Thursday. I got up at five in the morning to go to Toronto because that's the time the bus or the train goes. <laughs> and um, I went down for the day and we weren't even planning on writing a song. It just kind of happened. And the way that it works is Chris makes beats and does that type of thing. So um, he had his computer, he has a setup, and then we just start out with basic piano chords and then build the track around that and then start spitballing like words and lyrics and stuff. And for example, last Thursday, I got up, as I said, 5.30. So our song, we were just freestyling and I was just like, I don't wanna talk because I'm tired. I'm right. tired. And then we just kind of went with that idea of just like being done and tired and like went with it. So it really comes out of nowhere with us because yeah. we'll take something that we talked about before and just make it into a song. That sounds, but it sounds to me like you have fun when you write, which is oh, so it's important. so much fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, um, and the thrill of completing a new song just for me, because I'm a little bit older than you and uh, mm -hmm. it's still the same. It's like the same as when I wrote my first song all these years yeah. ago. It's like, I feel like I just like climbed Mount Everest every mm -hmm. time. You know, it's like, you, you know, that feeling of elation of, wow, now that's accomplishment. Mm -hmm. You got a song that's finished, you know, really, really cool. Um, what are your friends like as far as um, really, really supportive about the music? Do they find it really mysterious or, um, you know, how do they weigh in when they're talking to you about your craft, your career, your determination? And, you know, mm -hmm. they must know how serious you are about this. Yeah, they, they do know how serious I am. I mean, I still find people at my school that are in my grade that like, I'll post something about a video that I've done. And they're like, oh my God, you sing? And I'm like, yeah, I have been for the past like seven years. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's it's like my close friends and stuff, they'll come to my gigs and they'll support me that way. They'll listen to my music. They'll post about it on their story. So I'm so lucky that I have such supportive people around me because, you know, I could have the people that are like, okay, well, it's music. Like there's no money. Like have fun with your 0. 0.0005% per right. stream right those that type of thing right but um luckily i have people that are very supportive and they ask about it and 
they're like, how's music going and that type of thing. So they they must really they must love it when you do a pr- live performance come out and and you know visit and get the vibe of what's actually mm-hmm. going on you know that emotion that's carried through the room mm-hmm. you know it's must, a lot of fun yeah I love doing it live and you seem to have like I see you playing out a lot I see you posting a lot of um you know some of your performances um there seems to be a nice little a uh, niche of places to play, thankfully, mm-hmm. around you, which is great, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, what's your what's your favorite spot to play? Besides, like, you know, Yankee Stadium in New York City. Like, Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, my favorite place in Guelph where I live is this little place called Red Brick Cafe, and it becomes a lounge in the night, and it is just so, it's so cool. It's like a really cute little place and they pay their musicians which is always nice yeah the people listen and then i'd say my favorite place in toronto and um places like that would probably be there's this place called b-side lounge which i had a lot of fun playing at and then also there's this little place in godrich that i did a show at once and it's called kate's cafe and first of all best blt i've ever had in my entire life at kate's cafe yeah, Kate's Cafe and Goderich. They make their own croissants in the basement of the cafe, and they're phenomenal. And it's also just like a really cute place, a really good environment. And everybody, like people that I didn't even know, came out specifically to listen. Right. And it was just so interactive. It was so much fun. And then I went back the next day, and that's when I had the food. And I was like, oh my God, the food here is great too. Like, it's a perfect place. Yeah. So, it's tough to but, eat when you're performing, you know. Oh, I I it's can't like, like I I can't eat dairy before I perform. Yeah, I'm like I'm like four hours or so because singing is like you know you get you got to know to be a singer what that's oh, yeah. like. <laughs> you can't do it. So mm-hmm. let's do another one. This is deep end. Here we go. This is heavy. There was something in your eyes went click Saw you standing in the back room with your tattoos And I knew I should've turned away You were about to give my world a shake And I never really felt this way These people don't do much for me You got something a little extra Normally I don't but I think I let you Get to know me, maybe hold me If you're lucky She's getting stronger, the room is getting hotter Your hands they grip my collar, gripping on my collar and you're stopping me from leaving The pressure's getting stronger, the room is getting hotter Your hands they grip my collar, gripping on my collar and you're stopping me from leaving Let's keep it secret, you Getting 
in the deep end with McKaylin. Hey, I love that song. What an anthem. Hope you guys enjoyed it today. We had four killer artists on the Spotlight series. Number three, Modell, Jordan White, Kylie Odetta, and McKaylin Hay. Please support the Dharmic Rising Stars Spotify playlist. The link is in the show notes. Just click it on and you'll be surprised who you find on that list. That's a wrap for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio, video, artist, master storyteller. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials, I'll see you from the stage, but meanwhile, let's all stay connected. I was connected. Everybody knew my name. Wise guy.